Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Another edition, another episode. No more lonely nights, as Paul McCartney once sang in his classic Give My Regards to Broad Street, a brilliant album and movie. This is Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. The date is Wednesday, June the 1st, 2011. Talking sports with you, not at you. That's the tagline. I'm one of your well, that was very radio-y. I'm one of your hosts, Steve San Pete San Pietro. Let's bring in your other host, the co-host with the most. Boy, that wow. You know what, Cal? I I can't. I don't know if I have a big intro in me because I'm just so upset by Jeff Conway. You think that it is? That's what. All right, I'll try it. The Pino to my Cal, the Neva. To my cow, the Yente, to my cow, Mr. Brian, Mr. Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hello, Brian. What's up? It sounds like you sound like Dr. Johnny Fever tonight. I, I, <laughs> I am very WKRP in Cincinnati-ish right now. A little bit. That's okay, though. It's a little radio-y, and, uh, uh, but I'm a little upset because a hickey from Kinnicky's like Hallmark card, Cal. <laughs> when you care enough to send the very best. And and uh, last week we lost lost uh, Jeff Conway. Also, you know what? Uh, Taxi. A taxi. And, and you know what I found out? I, I didn't know this. Maybe our older uh, listeners will have remembered this. Jeff Conway actually played the part of Danny Zuko on Broadway before John Travolta played him in the movie. That's right. And he was passed over, like Fredo, right, for, for the role of Danny Zuko in the movie. Right. <laughs> uh, so the, the yellow pages. <laughs> rocking and rolling and whatnot. That's my name, don't wear it out. The number to call, 424-220-1817, should something we say strike your fancy... Uh, we are going to talk about the NBA Finals. We're going to talk about the NHL Finals. We're going to talk about the Mets. We're going to talk about the Yankees. We're going to talk about baseball in general. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit a, a little bit later in the show on the fun load. We're going to talk about retired numbers, Cal. Yeah. Near and dear to our hearts. Uh, when they retire somebody's number, should they retire somebody's number? Of course, the sad news with Gary Carter, Cal, right now. Uh, Gary, Gary Carter, the Hall of Fame catcher, of course, an iconic Met 
for his role with the 86 World Championship Mets, uh, has been diagnosed with four inoperable brain tuners. And uh, there's been an outcry to retire his number as a Met. And uh, Cal and I have very specific – we've been talking about this. And uh, so we'll get into the whole retired numbers thing and stuff like that uh, a little later on in the show. But uh, before we get to all that, uh, we should probably welcome in our producer, uh, the man known as Pop Culture PJ. And before we welcome him in, him in Cal, can I just tell you, mm. my brother has known PJ uh, for – Oh, it's probably post-20 years now. Um, and I think it's 20 years. And my brother, uh, I was saying, what are you doing next weekend? On, you know, Saturday or whatever. He said, I'm going to Pop Culture PJs. Called his oldest friend, Pop Culture PJ. That means two things. One, my brother's listening to the podcast, which is nice. And, of course, was a contributor a couple weeks ago with the Islanders. Right. And two... That name, PJ has been lamenting the fact that he has not had a nickname for as long as I have known him. <laughs> he even tried to coin his own nickname at one time, Cal, the Bishop. <laughs> Came to everybody and said, call me the Bishop from now on. The, like so, the, the Bishop? That's right. The not Bishop. Bi- not Bishop PJ. No, no, no. The Bishop. And uh, now he, it seems like he has a, a nickname. So let's welcome in our producer and regular contributor to the show. And bon vivant. Uh, he's off sugar and high on life. Pop Culture PJ. Hi, hi Pop Culture PJ. What the what? Get to it. What? <laughs> we're, we, we were just saying how my, my brother, one of your oldest friends, yeah. has, taken, has taken to calling you Pop Culture PJ. Oh, that's beautiful. So you may finally have a nickname. Right, because PJ wasn't good enough. <laughs> PJ's not. No, that's not going to get it done. People, you, people, 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 people <laughs> uh, uh, taking all of their time to find funny things that the P and the J could stand for. Right. I'm sure you never heard any of that. Cal has some questions, though. Cal? Peej, what are you up to tonight? What are you doing as, you, as you're producing the show? I'm in the rubber room. Ah, okay. Uh, I am uh, the the, uh, the sugar thing is. Uh, Are you, is I'm it not, still going? I'm a little yeah. I'm a little short tempered. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I, we won't hook you. Right. We no, won't. I, I slipped off the wagon over the weekend. I had a little bit of angel food cake. That's a good way to go. If you're gonna With, fall off the sugar wagon. Yeah. Might as well go big. I did. I had angel food cake, a couple of marshmallows, and a little bit of ready whip. And, and uh, cotton candy, and I called it a day. No, <laughs> no, toasted marshmallow, you know, because we had the barbecue going, and somebody had right. these marshmallows that were as big as baby fists. So, oh. uh, we, you know, we took one of those and we stuck them on a skewer, you know, because we're smart. And right. You know what what happens if you haven't had sugar in uh, over a week and then you down a, a, a roasted marshmallow? Not good things. No. No. Baby, so you're ba- a firework. <laughs> so you're back on the no sugar though. You you went back on it on uh, on Tuesday. Right. I went All back right. again. So you're you're ill tempered now. 
it's a, yeah, it's a little worse. So if I'm if I'm short with you, if I'm curt with you, uh, it's because I'm not in the mood. So pretty please with sugar on top, produce the show. Yeah. Okay. No sugar on top, please. And by the way, no what sugar. was wrong with being called bishop? <laughs> and I didn't come up with bishop. First of all, who I would name the bishop? You you named yourself the bishop, and you know it. I would never choose the name bishop for myself unless it was <laughs> cruel irony. <laughs> You don't get to choose your own nickname. That's one of the rules. Well, I, I agree with that. From now on, everybody call me T-Bone. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> These are the well, rules. you, you got to earn your nickname. You know that I didn't know that my name wasn't PJ until the first day of kindergarten in, you know, five years old. Really? Yes, my whole life I was called PJ, and then on the way to the bus stop... My mother took me aside and she said, look, <laughs> she explained the difference between a nickname and initials and a real name. And she said, they're going to call you Paul. So make sure you answer to that because they're not going to say, is PJ here? Who's this Paul guy? Exactly. Wow. So I went to school and I was and I was all ready for it uh, to be called Paul. And they called out, is Paul here? And I raised my hand and uh, a neighbor of mine from down the street jumped up on her chair and said, he's not Paul, he's PJ. And so from day one of kindergarten, I became PJ again, and it followed me all through school. Well, I was a fan of the bishop as a nickname, by the way. Sure. But I sort I of like... I benevolent I, bishop, as a matter Yes, you are. You're almost a cardinal at this point. I, I've pardoned well, you many times. <laughs> yes. But I, I like pop culture PJ. What do you think, Bri? I think that's sticking. It's got to stick. I love it. The only thing he's missing well, I, now is a jingle. I think That's you right. ought to attach a decade to it, though, because I'm not current pop culture PJ. <laughs> he's 90s pop culture PJ. I'm dusty old <laughs> pop culture PJ. There, There is a difference. He's born in the 70s pop culture PJ. Kind of, yeah. Hence hence the Eddie Mecca references. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches. There it is. Well, we'll check in with you in a little bit, pop culture PJ. Okay, angel face. <laughs> PJ, well, boy, what a way to go. If you're going to get get off the sugar wagon, that's the way like, to go. Nothing like angel food cake to knock it out of the park. Cal, how are you doing? I understand tonight was crazy hair at dance night. Uh, yeah, a little crazy. A little nutty? A little nutty. I have um, my uh, my sister is coming in from Florida tomorrow. Oh, okay. With the kids. And uh, so we were doing a... A little dance with the with the car seats. With you know, I had to bring the car seat over to my parents. I had to make sure the booster seat was all in order, and you know, little Home Depot, little Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know though. Time. I don't time. Well, uh, welcome to the big show. Let's jump uh, right in now. Now that we uh, know the story behind PJ, Paul James or Paul Joseph or Paul Jonathan. I've called him everything you could possibly. <laughs> Used with PJ over the last 15 years. We'll check back with him in a little later because I have some uh, some pop culture questions for him. 70s, born in the 70s, pop culture PJ. Like a challenge, or like, maybe like a challenge. Well, also, and he's supposed to play uh, his uh, magic guitar. Right. Remember, he bought the one the the one guitar to unite all guitars. That's right. Yes. And I, now, if I were him, I would have recorded it by now. Yes. And hopefully uh, he doesn't do it in Elvish. He's a, he's a bit of a tool. No, no, no. I love him. What? What? 
Cal, the, yeah, NHL, the NHL and the NBA Finals are going on right now. And and yeah. here's here's what I want to talk about, a couple of things. First of all, let's tease next week's podcast. We're, we're going to have uh, Kevin Greenstein on from uh, HockeyInsider.com. Next week. Next week we're going to have him on. We were going to have him on tonight. Okay. And then uh, I realized game one was tonight. Is is now. Is happening right now. A little difficult for him to come on the radio program. I don't see why. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, they have 15 minutes between periods. Exactly. Um, but uh, we're going to have Kevin on next week to talk about the uh, NHL Finals. This is, a re- <laughs> this is a really good matchup, Cal. I love this matchup. It's also um, just a quick update. 0-0 zero, zero with 10 minutes to go in the second period. In the second period, yeah. And there's there's a, a but there's been a ton of shots. Yeah. Is there not? I mean, I think I saw the shots at one point in the first period like 17-12 or something like that. I don't yeah, I don't know the numbers, but you're right. There have been a lot of shots. We don't go inside the numbers anymore without Dr. Erase that. No. That's one thing that this show doesn't do. That's pop okay, culture though. pop culture PJ if you need if you need a family ties reference, he's your man. Do you need how many shots on goal in the first period of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals? Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. Um, but, but, yeah, fun. Oh. it's a fun matchup. Well, and it's also a fun matchup for us Islander fans. So we can see 37 guys that we traded uh, in the Mike Milbury era playing for the Stanley Cup. Right. Thank goodness t- uh, Tampa Bay didn't make it. Because then we would have seen four guys that we traded this year that's, playing for the Stanley Cup. That's right. But And we're going to go uh, in-depth into the finals next week. It's a great matchup. Bruins, uh, a classic team, have not won since 1972. Uh, the Cup has not been in Canada since Can- – wow, that was not what? a Canadian dialect there. No. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, what's that, a boot? It hasn't been in uh, Canada uh, in, in the organization – you're offending me. I know. I, I, for those of you who don't know, Cal, one quarter French Canadian, one quarter Canuck. Watch it. Um, but the, they haven't won a cup in what, 18 years? Who? Canada, a Canadian team. A Canadian team? Has not won a cup in 18 years. The last time was the uh, Los Habi- uh, Les Habitants. Montreal Canadiens in 1993. 1993. So 18 years ago. And they had beaten... The Islanders, that was the run that the Islanders made in 93. That's the last time the Islanders won a playoff series. That is the last time they won a playoff series. By the uh, and Vancouver has not has never won the Cup. Nope. And they have been in existence for 41 years. So And they have lost both times to New York teams. That's right. So a 40-plus a Stanley Cup drought will end one way or the other here. Right. And you have two great goaltenders in this. Uh, and this game, Cal, is on NBC. Yeah, primetime NBC. Primetime on a Wednesday night in, in the middle of the summer. or the Well, not the middle of summer. Summer's just starting. They, I, I, was, I was shocked. Really? When I, when I checked my local listings. They've done, they've done this before. Yeah, I know, but it, I, I, was, I, was, I was expecting versus. I'll be honest with you, Cal. Yeah. I, I was figuring maybe the weekend games would be NBC. But Wednesday night in prime time, nothing else on. I mean, what what's all sweeps is over, so there's nothing else on that it would be preempting. American Idol is done. Gone. Scotty McCreary, your big winner. Congratulations. Oh, spoiler alert. My bad. Oh boy. 
I hope nobody's listening. What's the statute of limitations on uh, on on a spoiler alert? Is it a week? It's a week. Yeah, I gave some. I gave you a solid week. If you well, didn't you... see it in a solid week, yeah. Uh, there, were, there were people that were spoiling it within five minutes. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, American Idol's over. Lots of stuff is over. There's nothing on. Why is why can't the NHL game one of the finals with Boston, a big time team, you know, down here in the in the states, and a Canadian team in? Right. Why can't that do a big number? I don't know. I don't. I don't think it will do a huge number. It's just because it's, ho- it's hockey. People There's don't no watch NHL hockey finals tonight, though. There's nothing. It's going against nothing. Well, yeah. As, as pop culture PJ just pointed out, it's going against. Uh, DVR etiquette is one week. Yes. Oh, thank you. That was uh, the DVR. See, that's where he gives stats. That's what we need. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's a producer right there. So uh, the spoiler alert: DVR etiquette is one official week. Right. But the, pop culture. The cape is on tonight. Are you missing One Tree Hill? Is that show still on? Yeah, it sure is. Is it really? Yeah, it's coming back for a for an eighth season next year. Uh, yeah. One. Tr- have you ever watched an episode? Uh, how about I have never missed an episode? <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. Don't laugh. Wait, wait, that that wait, wait. Say that again. What? Well, why don't you set it up again? Ask you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> come on, I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> never mind then. I have never missed an episode of One Tree Hill. Wait a minute. Strike that. Reverse it. Thank you. Ah, and something new. You said last week you wanted some new sound clip. Well, there you go. Wow, I like that. Didn't you see how seamlessly I threw that in there? That was good. That was. <laughs> it's almost like we rehearsed that. It, and we didn't. Oh, there's my ice cream man. By the way. <laughs> 9:30. There's the, there's the 9:48 ice cream man. <laughs> so we are we are uh, I am live from Dumpling Sound Studios 2 here in Bayside, uh, Queens, just uh, a few miles a few miles away from uh, City Field, where the Mets are in the process of blowing a two nothing lead and trailing eight to two. Last I checked, yeah, uh, in the eighth inning. Uh, so good job about to drop their second straight to the Pirates. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, ice cream man is a little more of the David Lee Roth Van Halen ice cream man. Yeah. Than the Mr. Goodbar ice cream man. I don't know. PJ, uh, placed his order. If you can see <laughs> yeah, I see that. I see that. Okay. Something uh, he's not dealing ice cream. I want to go back to the hockey real quick. Did you watch game seven on Friday night of the Tampa Boston series? Uh, truthfully parts. I didn't okay. in, in full. Okay. I actually watched the whole thing. Nice. Give, give us a report. Uh, the report is that it was, it was a terrific, terrific game. It was scoreless into the third period. And let me tell you something, and, and you, uh, I'm going to say it. If you can't get into a game seven of a hockey playoff game, you are not a sports fan. You're wow. not. Wow. You're, you're not. Throwing, you're throwing don't, don't down even, don't even try to pass yourself off as one. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. Because there's nothing more exciting than playoff hockey 
and even more so, playoff hockey when everything is on the line like that. A game seven of an NHL uh, playoff series. I, I got to agree with you. I, I, there's nothing like it. And when it's your team, forget about it. Oh, my goodness. Forget about it. And if it goes to overtime, Oof. wow. I, you just you can't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing when they go to overtime how quickly it ends. I mean, sudden death, you, yeah. You just, I mean, that, that's the definition of sudden death. You are going and going and going, and the intensity is at such a ridiculous level, and then all of a sudden it's over. Yeah. Literally, literally, like in the blink of an eye, it's over. But that's what makes it so exciting. And and what did you take out of that? Uh, I mean, obviously it was a great series between the uh, the Bruins and the Lightning, and Dwayne Rolison, uh, who we loved in his time as an Islander, was a really classy stand-up guy. Yeah. Sean Bergenheim had a huge series. The whole playoffs, he, he had right. nine goals in the playoffs. Nine goals in the playoffs, which is nine more goals than he scored <laughs> in three years with the Islanders. I uh, like Bergenheim when he played. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I was really surprised when they released him, actually. Um, but, it, you know, a great series. Are the Bruins overmatched here a little bit? Obviously, the Canucks are sort of the favorites here. Uh, are the Bruins a little overmatched? Did they spend it by getting here, Cal? I don't think so. Um Vancouver's clearly the better team. They've been the best team in, in, in the NHL all season, and they're going to be favored. But the the thing about hockey is a hot goaltender can equalize any talent ad, advantage. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? You could, you, could be, you could be an eight seed that sneaks into the playoffs, but if you've got a hot goalie, you're on an even playing field. And Tim Thomas is playing as well as, as anybody could be playing right now in the playoffs. Yeah, and Tim Thomas is is a top, yeah, you know, what top eight goalie easily. Tim Thomas, yeah, maybe, maybe not anymore. He was. He was, yeah, but okay, he's, he's getting up there. Right, so he's a. He, but you're absolutely right, Cal. When you get a, a hot goaltender, you can ride him through the playoffs. And if you have a money goalie, yeah, which Roberto Luongo's not really been. No, he hasn't in the playoffs, and now he's been a top five goalie. Sure. For a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's great goaltending matchup here because you have the hot goalie in Tim Thomas, and then you have Roberto Luongo, who has not been a money goalie. Right. He's been a great regular season goalie. He's not been a playoff money goalie. He's not been the Billy Smith, the Martin Brodeur. Is there a better phrase than when they say a goalie is standing on his head? No. The only yeah. there, but there's a, this brings up a great thing about hockey though, Cal, because there's a ton of really great sayings about goaltenders. Uh huh. Standing on his head is tremendous. Right. Another one of my favorites is when the goalie's faced a ton of shots. Yeah. He's going to be seeing rubber in his sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. And then of course you know the greatest one of all time. Which one? I I think it was said about John Davidson. He had such a bad game, he got a sunburn on the back of his neck. Right. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, when a goal is scored in the NHL, a red light goes off. Right. And the idea was that the red light had gone off so many times in one night that he got a sunburn on the back of his neck. And the red yeah. light is behind the goaltender. That's a favorite of mine. You know, Scott and I used to have this thing, Cal, where, like, you know, Healy would face like 57 shots, Glenn Healy, or something, right. something ludicrous, or Kelly Rudy mm-hmm. would face like 57 shots, and we we could just envision him like laying down to sleep that night and be like, ah, ah, there's another one, oh God, please stop shooting the puck at me, please. 
What was it, Rudy? You had seventy three saves in that one game. In the in the four overtime game. In the yeah. four overtime game against the Capitals. Kelly, Rudy. which I I want to say was on like a Easter a Saturday night into Sunday of Easter, right? Yeah, it was Easter. It was Easter Easter Eve into it, Easter. It was Holy Saturday. It was Black Saturday. It was. It was wow. It was, it was the Saturday before Easter. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> but it went, but there's a name for it. There is. But it went four overtimes. Yes. It's Holy Saturday, Pop Culture. He's completely... The, the bishop... Uh, the bishop is spoken. Through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, you would love to see games like that. You would love to see like every one of these games go to overtime. Oh yeah, but I mean it's it's just such a a high intensity level. You you can't really watch too much of it without, you know, your heart racing. Right. And that's when you don't have your team in it. That's when your team is not in it. Right. And 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 it's it it boggles my mind how tough these guys are normally. All right, you got to you got to be tough to play hockey. You know, nobody's begging out of the lineup in hockey, you know. No. Now on Friday night in in, in game 7, uh, midway through the second period, or early in the second period, Steven Stamkos, the, the the hot shot young Tampa Bay Lightning forward, top three draft pick a couple years ago. He's only 19 years old. He got hit in the face by a slap shot. All right, so that's bad enough. Slap shot hits him right in the face, right underneath the visor. Hit him in in the nose actually, and he gets hit, and right away he puts his head down and he skates off the ice. And I kind of make a comment like, "Wow, what a baby!" Like he just he just skated off the ice and and he's gone. Like you know, tough it out a little bit. Tough crowd. Well, boy, did I eat my words because he comes back not five minutes later, five minutes later, and he's got gauze shoved up his nose. Oh man! All right, that he he can't breathe obviously, and he's got a gash. That is the size of half of the puck on his <laughs> it looked it looked like his nose was missing <laughs> and he came and he came back out with the with the collegiate amateur uh face mask the cage like, right the cage yeah. like the old goalies and he played and he and he finished the game and he was effective he didn't score but he was but he was getting in the middle of everything and even if he's out there he's effective you know what i mean like oh if, yeah if, if he's out on the ice you have to put your best defensive line out against him you play oh, the line yeah. matchups and stuff like that it's just but it, it was it just amazed me how you know they want to, everybody makes a big deal about kurt Schilling and the bloody sock right all right this guy's nose was missing from his face <laughs> and he was still playing this guy's a medical miracle it was unbelievable that is hey look you're never going to question these guys toughness if you do, you're you're barking up the absolute wrong tree. I mean, I've seen hockey games live, gone to hockey games. I've often said, as much as I love baseball and football, there's really nothing like a hockey game, like a professional hockey game, because the speed at which the game is played, you can't appreciate on television. I think that's one of the myriad of reasons that hockey has never taken off. Um, as being one of the, the, I mean, it's one of the four main sports, but it's the fourth. But I'll tell you what, with the advent of high definition television, it's much it better can. to watch a hockey game. No, absolutely huge help. Mm-hmm. But you you still uh, and and you still have a hard time appreciating the speed at which the game is played. Right. 
But um, and then the other thing that they've always talked about, which is, you don't have this in the playoffs, unless of course you're the Islanders and the Rangers, is uh, is fighting. Uh, and that's the big turnoff for American audiences, supposedly, is is the fighting. Now, I, I don't know if I buy that necessarily, but you're seeing in this series with the Bruins and the Canucks really, really good, high-end, uh, skill-level players in the NHL. Marketable, marketable guys. Right, Cal? I mean... Yeah, Absolutely. The, both the goalies are marketable. Luongo's a, a huge star. He's a perennial all-star. Uh, the Sedin twins on Vancouver. The twins. I mean, you can't... What are these kids? 22, 23 years old? 24 now, yeah. Sedin is, is an MVP, you know, Hart Trophy uh, uh, finalist. Uh, these kids are... You, you may not get to see them a lot. And now you get them in prime time. And I, I, I for one, I'm DVRing the game tonight. Okay. Uh, just so I can, you know, sort of breeze through it. Maybe I'll catch the third period. Like, I'll watch the third period after the show tonight or whatever. Just to get a little feel for the series. I don't have a pony in the race. I don't have a horse in the show. I don't have a, uh, a dog on the track. I'm 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 out of them. You don't have a soup in the kitchen? I don't have a pantry. But... Let, me ask, let me ask you a <laughs> A fish in the bowl. Thank you, PJ. Let me ask you a question, Steve. Right before we move on to to other topics, why do you, why do you think hockey is is not catching on here in the states? A couple things. One of the things we talked about a couple weeks ago, Cal, was this idea that the NHL's most marketable players are often not American, um, and and it can be difficult to market a guy like Alexander Ovechkin, who speaks broken English or uh, doesn't quite have an English or a master of the English language. And also, and this is something the NFL has been able to overcome, not a doubt, but these guys wear helmets, they wear masks, they play very fast paced game. And it's difficult to put a, a face to a player. You know I mean, one of the reasons Gretzky was so marketable and such a huge success. And that was really the pinnacle of the NHL's, television success in I would say in the United States was when Gretzky was winning cups with the Oilers and then went to the Kings right um was that Wayne Gretzky like looked like a movie star and he was Canadian and spoke and he married a movie star you know uh and so he was so marketable I I think it's a I think they have a hard time marketing individual players their best players over the last number of years have not been American or Canadian. You know, the influx of the Russian player. Yeah. Uh, the influx of the Eastern European player who wasn't able to come over here and play. I think that's one problem. Then the labor strife that they had, Cal, you know, killed them. Right. I mean, they, they locked out a season. An entire season. They did. You know, at, at baseball you know, canceled the World Series in 94, and you could argue that it took steroids, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa to bring the game back, although you could throw Cal Ripken in there with his pursuit of uh, the Garrett oh. record. I know, you don't care for Cal Ripken, I know. We went through this. Cal's, <laughs> Cal's personal personal feelings against Cal Ripken are well known on this program. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's a sheep in wolf's clothing. Either way, 
Cal, he's not not Cal's kind of guy. Don't like him. Uh, but uh, so I think that's a problem, Cal, in that you know they had a labor dispute that they haven't really come back from. And then the third thing, like we talked about, it's not it's gotten better with high def, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a fast game to follow on television. You know what I think it is? I th- I think mo- many many people don't understand the game. They don't understand the rules too much. And and you're not going to really – if you don't understand the rules and you're a casual sports observer, you're not going to take the time to try to learn the game, you know? Yep, and a lot a lot of people didn't grow up playing it. A lot of people – right. Every You know, everybody played some form of baseball or wiffle ball or something. Everybody sure. threw a football around. Everybody shot a basketball in their backyard or at the school. You're right. Nobody Even not- PJ shot a basketball. Did he? <laughs> really? The bishop? The bishop. Yeah. The bishop from way downtown. Guys, I, I need to come on for a second. <laughs> they called me the mad bomber. The sad bomber? The mad bomber, because I could sink a basket from half court. I thought they called you the tad bomber. I thought it was they the called sad me bomber. the nude bomb. <laughs> But that had nothing to do with basketball. Right. You, you, uh, I, I, uh, yeah. I was teasing PJ. I was teasing. Well, I just want to let you know that I, I do have some former athletic prowess. Some. Yes, Not do much. tell. Do tell. Cal probably doesn't know this. I know this. Go ahead. Um, well, I was called the Mad Bomber. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that. <laughs> also, very good at volleyball, even for my size. Right. And and wrestling. And uh, had a very brief wrestling uh, career. Brief but glorious. Brief but glorious. All of 60 days. But I was I, uh, good at it, and I'll never do that again. Highly decorated wrestler. And may, may I also just uh, offer my very quick opinion about uh, hockey and its lack of success in yeah, America. I, I think a lot of it is uh, low scoring as well. It's the soccer problem. Game. It's okay. a low scoring game. Right. The the soccer problem. Yeah. Like I yeah. Why soccer never takes off in the United States? That's a that's a valid argument that uh, uh, especially playoff hockey. It That's also a, looks like a bunch of people, uh, you know, like like Zuzu pets playing in the Zuzu pet arena, with with the plexiglass <laughs> up. It's it seems a little isolated from the crowd. That's I know that the, I know that That's the plexi's there for the crowd's protection, but it's a problem. Right. The, yeah. The boards and the glass and stuff. That's a great point. I mean, it's it's baseball. There's a. Uh, uh, a visceral feel that you have that you're you're at the park. It's wide open. The players are close. Uh, you can see them. You can relate to them. Football, the same thing. I mean, it's played on an open field. You can sort of relate to them. You know, tennis. No, no, I'm kidding. But uh, hockey, you're right. It's sort of like in a, in a glass bowl, in a fishbowl. It's a fishbowl. All very valid. Thank you, PJ. See you later. Mad bomber. The Bishop Mad Bombing pop culture from the 70s, PJ. Checks in. Offshore. He always wanted a nickname, and now he's got like five. He's got six, yeah, five or six in the course of one show. Cal, what, why would would you have anything to add to that as far as why it hasn't taken off as a as a 
even not even as a television sport, but here in uh, the United States. Just um, like I said, I, I I think a lot of people have a hard time grasping the rules, and I, I really like PJ's point about them playing behind the plexiglass like that. Right. You know, like like the the, the Zuzu Pet Arena. I love that. But it's true. You feel a little detached from it, and and I think that's a good point. Um, I don't think it will ever take off here in the states like like you'd hope it would. You know, but um, I think what there's I, room for it though. I mean, I think the NBA is staring at. Uh, and well, maybe that's a, this is is wishful thinking on my part, but I think the NBA is staring at a prolonged and protracted labor dispute uh, after this season. And there'll be a real opportunity for hockey to uh, sort of fill the void, especially if there's a lockout in the NBA next year and games are missed. Right. You've got a real good chance there if you're hockey to build off what we'll, what we're hoping will be a great cup final with an American team and a Canadian team. Um, you have You have the Atlanta Thrashers moving back to Winnipeg. Uh, which is huge. We're going to talk to uh, Kevin about that next week, but Kevin wrote a great article uh, about that on his site. Uh, again, that's uh, uh, InsideHockey.com. HockeyInsider.com. Wait, which, what did I say? What did you say? What? No, no, no. You say that, sir. InsideHockey.com. <laughs> InsideHockey.com. Meaning is adjourned. No, no, no. You say that, sir. Um, he wrote a great article about the Thrashers moving, <laughs> moving to Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that they, they, a a good Canadian city got a team back, never should have been a team in Atlanta in the first place, and that has nothing to do with it being the South, and it has everything to do with it being Atlanta. Right. Well, you know, there's something to to be said for that because Phoenix is struggling as well. Phoenix is where Winnipeg actually went. The Winnipeg right. Jets moved to Phoenix and became the Coyotes, and they're struggling there too. But that was all Gary Bettman's southward expansion in the early nineties. He yeah. felt that he felt that he needed to put teams in in the southern part of the United States, yeah, at the expense of of Canada. You know, he moved Look, Winnipeg. He moved Quebec. Phoenix is a bigger city than uh, Winnipeg, and a lot of the reason that team is in bankruptcy, Cal, is because of mismanagement. Well, that too. Okay, because when they were first there and they had Keith Kachuk and, and, and they had a good, solid team, they drew. You can draw in Phoenix. But if the team is mismanaged and, 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 and you know, in Phoenix, they're not going to go out and maybe, you know, catch on as diehards to a, to a, uh, a losing team. Right. You know, but the, you look at the D-backs. When that team wins, they put people there. They draw. Like now. Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. D-backs. What is going on? I don't know. First place. Yeah. One last thing on the hockey thing for me. Yes. You, you, you might not get a general audience captivated by hockey. I but serve a ho- general audience, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. It's a lame joke. Terrible. No, I, I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> where was I going with that? But, but pe- people who are passionate. Exactly. Hockey fans. Hockey fans are probably the most passionate type of fan of all of the four sports. Totally agree. And go to go to Canada and ask somebody about how they feel about hockey. You want to know something? Go to the Nassau Coliseum if the Islanders are good. Yeah. And you see how people feel about hockey. That place, that place rocks. Yeah. It's a dump. It is literally a dump. <laughs> but if they're playing an important game or if they're in the playoffs, that place 
absolutely rocks. I've and been that's there, and that's what hockey takes. Yep, that's what hockey does. Yep. So you're saying they literally dump? <laughs> yeah, all of Nassau County's garbage. They 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 throw it in the in the Coliseum. That's right. <laughs> Why not? It's a dump. Yes, and that uh, that vote looks like it's going to go through, Cal. Yeah, well, it's, they passed legislation yesterday, so now the referendum is on the table for August 1st, and the Nassau County residents will have the opportunity to vote on whether or not they will accept this loan to build the new uh, Nassau Coliseum. We shall see. It's a big, okay. it's a, it's a big important day. So. The Cup Finals going on. There's another major sport having its finals right now. I can can I tell you what it is? Yes, the French Open. That's correct. Right? Come on. <laughs> We're gonna talk about tennis now. <laughs> As Christopher Mad Dog Russo would tell you, it's the French Open. Cal, <laughs> play on clay. Over at Roland Garros. <laughs> it's on clay. Who's going to win, Rafa? Is that a going to win? Sorry, we're, we're having some fun with uh, uh, Christopher Mad Dog Russo on the Mad Dog Radio Network. Big tennis fan. Big, huge tennis guy. Formerly of uh, WFAN here in New York. And uh, it's outrageous. <laughs> Cal does him very, very well. You do, no. you do, you know, you do dog pretty good. That's yeah. a good job. No, that's a good job. Good job, Cal. <laughs> do a good job. Uh, <laughs> PJ, I always thought Roland Garros was some player that he had never seen play. Yes. I think we all did. I always thought he was one half of Tears for Fears. <laughs> <laughs> that's Roland Ozeball. Oh, right. That's yes. Right. Uh, Roland, I, uh, PJ, I thought the same thing. I thought I, when I was a kid, I thought Roland, and they would say they're playing at Roland Garros. And I'd be like, at his house? Like, what are they, are they in his backyard? <laughs> like, like this guy hosts the whole French Open? He's the guy sitting in the high chair. That's the court. That's right. It's Roland Garros. Uh, the NBA, Cal. Oh, Sil- right. Sim. Silly. The Miami Heat. Now, I, I had a a thought the other day. Miami Thrice? The Miami Thrice. Uh, the Heat versus the Dallas Mavericks. Is this the second time that a team from a professional sports team from Dallas has become America's team? <laughs> I think it might be, yes. Because I don't know anybody outside of the greater Miami area. And, and, and we're not talking about a great sports town to begin with. But uh, that wants the Miami Heat to win this championship. No, I don't think so. Once, I, you, once you leave the beach, yeah, the actual South Beach, nobody wants right. them to win. Yeah, nobody. Uh, game one, of course, last night, and the Heat hold home court. And uh, good defensive struggle. I watched a little of this game, Cal. You did. I'll be honest, I didn't watch a minute of it. Yeah, I watched a little bit. of Once the Mets uh, were getting destroyed, I uh, after uh, Ari Dickey got pulled from that game. A uh, little late to the bullpen there, Terry Collins. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, I, I flipped on the uh, the game and I watched a uh, oh, good good portion of it. And yeah. um, great defensive effort by the Heat. Uh, really forcing uh, Dirk Nowitzki into some bad shots. There's a lot of star power on the floor. A lot of star power, Cal. It's, it, it should be a good series. 
Well, it turns out that Nowitzki is hurt. He's got a torn tendon in his hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard that. I did. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's going to neutralize him. And, and again, I'm I'm not 100% familiar with the teams. Uh, I do know that Miami is, is clearly the more talented team of the two. Nah, but, 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 but not, I mean, come on. They're, but they're, it's just those three guys, Cal. Their yeah. bench is awful. Well, the bench is not that good. <clears throat> I mean, there there are guys playing that. Let's face it. I'll take the league minimum. I'll be the best water guy, towel hander outer, to be the twelfth guy, and I may be as good. I, I mean, they're they're just they're not deep. The fact that they're making this sort of run and have won five straight games in the playoffs and uh, really is a testament to how good LeBron and Wade are. Mm-hmm. And Bosh, Bosh had a big game yesterday. Right. He did. You know, LeBron had 24. I think Wade had 22. Bosch had 19, but he had big buckets early, Bosch. And that's – that's uh, if you can't contain him, you got all sorts of matchup problems. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting series from this standpoint. Again, I think everybody wants Dallas to win. I don't think anybody wants LeBron James to be successful in his endeavor in Miami. Especially not in the first year. Yeah, not in the first year. It was supposed to take them two years. Yeah. And then also, you know, Dirk is kind of like a nice... Wouldn't mind seeing him get a ring. Well, you know, his his legacy is kind of being defined by his failures in this spot. Right. At this point. You know, he really should... You know, we want him to win so we can move him into that next level. Otherwise, he's going to be in the land of, of the Barclays and the Malones. He's in a rough uh, echelon. Uh, Not a bad well, echelon. I mean, hey, it could be worse to be compared to those guys. There are worse echelons. Right. But if he wants to move up an echelon, he's got to win. You know, the other thing that this series has sparked a ton of, I don't know if you've caught this. Cotton? No. I don't know if you've no. caught this. But that is the LeBron and Jordan uh, comparison. Yeah, I've, I have heard a lot of that. Well, have also because, because Scottie Pippen came out and, and made the comment that, that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> is that what's doing this? That started it. I did not see that. Scotty. Yeah, that started it. Scotty, you want to take that last jump shot? No, no, not me. No, no. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. And, then, and then, of course, Horace Grant answered. Ho Grant? Ho Grant answered, put his goggles on, and he went right up into Scotty Pippen's face and said, no, 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 no. 23 is the best. Ever. No. You're a little Here bit out of line yourself. Yeah. All right? You're a little bit disrespectful yourself. How I, don't many, the, I don't know where the Pippin comments came from. I don't know if, if somebody asked him or if he just kind of volunteered it. Or... Just, he just called up someone and was like, hey, it's Scotty Pippin. I just want to set the record straight. LeBron, better than Jordan. Yeah, Peace know. out. Pippin out. <laughs> By the way, how many titles would Scotty Pippin have had uh, if it wasn't for Michael Jordan? Well, we know. Right. We know the, that answer. The answer is zero. Because how many did he have when Michael Jordan was gone? And how many did he win with Houston afterward? Yeah, none. Zero. Right. So Scottie Pippen biting the hand that fed. Yeah. A little bit. You're a little bit out of line yourself, Scottie. I don't know. It's all right. Would you ever F with Michael Jordan? No. No. Absolutely not. I don't know where Michael Jordan's been. Or he, or he knows. Yeah, I'm so, he has like a sort of godfathery feel to him. Yeah, 
Well, do you ascribe to the conspiracy theory, Cal? I there's something to it. I I I totally there's agree. There's got to be something to it. And you know me, I'm not one to espouse conspiracy theories off the cuff. That's not true. You love them. Yeah, you're right. I do. <laughs> not all of them, though. You there there is always a conspiracy theory when it comes to to your thoughts. There's That's always something behind it. That is uh, not true. Really? In sports, yes. In sports, yeah. Yeah, this is sports. I don't go for it other than the aliens. I don't go for it in other places. <laughs> yes, I absolutely believe there's there's smoke and fire there. Well, tell, why, don't, why don't you tell the good people what we're talking about? Okay, good people. What we're talking about is there's a uh, a rumor a conspiracy theory, a sports conspiracy theory. We should like have like uh, music for this. By the way, that, that's that's an upcoming fun load. Sports urban oh, legends. Oh, well, maybe we should save it. You want to save it? Am I teasing it? No, no. We'll say. Well, this would be this would be like a teaser. If you like this, if you know where that came from, like this. <laughs> Here's Come back the, next week. Right. So supposedly. Michael Jordan, when he went to play baseball and retired briefly from the NBA to go play for the Chicago White Sox farm team to, quote-unquote, pursue his boyhood dream. Right. The Birmingham Uh, Barons, I think, right? Correct. It was uh, because he uh, had been in arrears in gambling and had gambled on NBA games, shaved points. So basically fixed NBA games. This is and a rumor now. This is a complete, total conspiracy, sports conspiracy theories. Right. Next. On Fox. <laughs> um, uh, and in order to avoid having to suspend Michael Jordan from the game or kick him out for good, Pete Rose style. Uh, they, uh, which would destroy the league. I mean, this is at the height of Michael Jordan's popularity. He's the most popular basketball player in the world. Mm-hmm. This would destroy the NBA, uh, uh, a scandal like this. They cooked up, he and uh, Commissioner Stern, cooked up this story about how he wanted to go play baseball. Right. And so he went and pursued the baseball career for two years, all the while knowing he would come back. Right. And this served as his suspension from basketball. And somewhere at that time, Pete Rose was kicking himself for not going to play basketball four years earlier. <laughs> Pete Why Rose, didn't I think of that? That's what I should have done. Durr. Except Pete Rose is sort of dim and would have been like, I'm leaving the game of baseball to become a professional gambler. <laughs> been my childhood dream to hang out at an OTV and become a... I'm leaving for the, the poker tour. I'm, I'm resigning. I'm a poker player. I'm resigning from the game so that I could bet on it legally. That's right. That's why I'm... I have to walk away. I have to... <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's it. We should definitely do a conspiracy theory fun load. There's probably so many of them. There, there are a great number of them. The Ewing, uh, you know, the the fixed NBA draft. Oh, with the frozen with lottery, the uh, uh, envelope. Right. Love it. Uh, we'll do that. We'll definitely do that. PJ, write that down. I don't know why I'm yelling. It's not like he's in the next room. 
Speed, you get that? Great. Um, so, Cal, one last question on the NBA Finals, and we'll talk about it a little bit more next week when the series is a little further underway. But uh, will you watch? Yeah, I'll try to watch game two Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. In prime time. I'll watch it. That you could do? I'm going to try to watch it, yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm really, I know we're doing a show, but I am really into the hockey game right now. That's great. That's great. I like that you're you're letting your co-host know that I'm sort of attention to you, but I'm I'm paying I'm paying attention to everything you're saying. I'm just kind of keeping an eye, as you can see, over on the score. Yes. Have they gone to the? They're in the third period. There. They're in the third period. It's a very good game. You're you're not going to be disappointed when you go back and watch it. Nice. So. And it's uh, zero zero. I'm not telling you. Great. Well, uh, I don't want to spoil it. Thank you. Uh, I want to move on, Cal. To the uh, <laughs> the Mets. PJ spoiled it. PJ spoiled it through the score right up there in our little I am chat room. Uh, Cal, I I want to move on to the Mets. Okay. But here's how I'm gonna do it. Okay. All right. I I put together a, a little something today. Okay, for the show tonight. In your, in your spare time. That's correct. Um, and. I want everybody to know that this was recorded. This is uh, Ready to Unload, episode number 1111. This was recorded on May the 10th, 2011. Okay, this is we did the show on May 10th, 2011. That's what, three weeks ago, Cal? May 10th. Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, yes. Okay, this is an excerpt from Ready to Unload, number 1111. I would like for you now. I proposed my crazy uh, sweeps, May sweeps trade. Right. I'd like for you something you said two weeks ago, I might add. Two plus weeks ago. That puts that at five That weeks. is now all the rage uh, all over the uh, the sports tabloids here in New York. Cal, what did you say the Mets should do? Well... All of the talk was about you have to trade Reyes because he's going to be a free agent. But you're not going to get a lot. But, you know, this idea that you're going to get somebody who's going to be in your your number one pitcher for the next 15 years is, is, is ludicrous. All right? He's a free agent at the end of the year. He's a rental. He's a two-month rental. You're not going to get a lot. Well, you're not going to get as much as you think you're going to get for Jose Reyes. But the guy that you are going to get a lot for, should you decide to move him, is David Wright. Now, here's, look at the two. You can trade Reyes, and you're not going to get a lot back for him, okay? Or you can keep Reyes, right? He fills a premium position. His talent is electric. I would, I would tell you that he's probably got more fans than David Wright does. The common man. Uh, you know? The passerby, the guy who kind of peeks in and says, hey, what are the Mets doing? They're going to be more excited by Jose Reyes than they are by David Wright. Okay. Will you buy that? Go on. Okay. So you keep Reyes, and you put the money towards Reyes, and you trade David Wright, who is a year away from free agency. So the team that gets David Wright now has him for a year plus at a reasonable contract, right? You're going to get yes. more back from that team. You're going to be able to fill more needs by trading right. And it's much easier to put a third baseman in there than to try to replace a shortstop. 
Plus, we don't have to look at his sour face anymore. Uh, welcome back to live. That was on May the 10th, 2011, ready to unload episode 1111. Um, and, oh, and, and as I mentioned in that clip, Cal had this idea two weeks before that. So five calendar weeks ago from today, Brian was, uh, had this idea. My partner, my co-host had this idea that, hey, wait a second, everybody. Why do I? <laughs> he was very Harry Carey about it. He said, wait a second. I don't see why you're training Jose Reyes. If the moon was a sandwich. <laughs> would you eat it, Norm? It's a simple question. If the moon was made of cheese, would you take a bite out of it? No, seriously, Cal, you had the idea five weeks ago to trade Jose or to keep Jose Reyes and trade David Wright instead. Now, Brian, hmm. tell the good people of RTU land, the RTU army, what was all over the Daily News today. And Adam Rubin at ESPNNewYork.com and Andy Martino at the Daily News. What was the big... Big story today, Cal. The big story today, well, that you know, Adam Rubin, uh, Andy Martino, Michael Kay, Michael Kay, and, and and Don LaGreca this evening. Excellent. They um they came up with this really revolutionary idea of play Met GM. Okay, and what they did was they pre- they presented to the audience this really crazy idea of. Which one of them would you trade? Would you trade Reyes or would you trade Wright? It was the big story today that maybe yeah. the maybe it's not such a foregone conclusion that Reyes is going to be traded. And, hey, wait a minute. Maybe we could trade David Wright instead. That was today. That was today, June the 1st, right. 2011. Now, look, we don't want to toot Cal's horn. Nobody, nobody wants that. no. But honestly, when we, we, I, I read this today, and it started a little bit yesterday, and I was dumbfounded by the fact that th- this was coming from we're, – we're just – we're you know two guys who know a little bit about sports who get on every week and BS with each other. We're a fly-by-night outfit. I, I wouldn't say that. Now, that's a little insulting now. No, I, I think that's – I think it's, it's – <laughs> A compliment to fly-by-night outfits. Everywhere. No, look, this idea came up last week, and we said even last week on this program, when we did the Big Mets program, we talked about the infusion of money maybe coming from a minority partner, and hey, that happened the next day, uh, in David Einhorn, uh, the hedge fund manager who uh, has agreed in principle uh, to become a minority shareholder of the Mets and infuse $200 million into the coffers and et cetera, et cetera. And maybe they won't be broke after all. And, oh, all of a sudden, oh, maybe they can keep Jose Reyes. Maybe they should trade David Wright. But the best part was, Cal, in these articles, like Andy Martino said, you know, according to a baseball source, and then quoted exactly what I just played. <laughs> no, I wasn't the source. Yeah, I was curious. I texted you this morning. I said, are you his baseball source? <laughs> because the and it, and it, and it's not like it's some sort of crazy no it just it just took everybody a little bit longer to 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 think of it 
Exactly. And it's also because, as you said, Cal, the biggest thing here is that Reyes being traded has been such a foregone conclusion. You know, Buster right. only already has has already fitted him for his Giants jersey. Well, you know why? He's not a Sandy Alderson type player. Right. Well, that's another one. Please, please. And 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 I told you I was, uh, you know, I I have been tweeting this uh, to the point where it's probably annoying anyway. That when you say that, it's ridiculous. That Jose Reyes is not a Sandy Alderson type player, so he won't sign him to a long term deal. When Jose Reyes is healthy and playing the way he's playing right now, he is an every and any GM type player. And Sandy Alderson should take one look at that ballpark that they built, which is clearly more for Jose Reyes than it is for David Wright, and say, if I'm going to sign a guy long-term, I think it would be Jose Reyes, who's going to hit 20 triples in this ballpark, than David Wright, who's going to hit five home runs. The ballpark is built for Jose Reyes, just like the ballpark was built for Carl Crawford. You know, right before Omar Minaya gave Jason Bay $66 million. The year before Crawford was available. Free exactly. Like whatever you do, don't wait. Don't get by for a year in left field with Fernando Martinez. So I, I just I I had to point this out. Well, there's that. There's the the Reyes is not a Sandy Alderson type player that that you have the big problem with. The other thing that we both have a problem with. Why do you have to trade him? This this idea that. Oh, you, you don't have to trade. You have to trade Reyes because you can't just let him walk away. You have to get something for him. First of all, here I go again. First of all, <laughs> you don't have to trade him because if you let him go, you're not getting nothing for him. You're going to get a first round draft pick. Yep. You're going to do first round draft picks. Yep. Okay. Second of all, what makes you think that you're going to you're going to bring in this haul for for Jose Reyes right now? As a rental player, as a, for for two months, you're gonna, you're going to get a team's top pitching prospect and their starting shortstop. You're not going to get that, you know. You're going to get you're going to get mid level prospects who may or may not pan out if you trade Jose Reyes, and you're going to suffer the negative press and the negative feelings by the fans for actually dealing Jose Reyes. Yep. You know. Yep. And you, and and not to mention the fact that they they keep talking about this idea of like you have to trade him, you have to trade uh, one of them. Why can't you keep both of them? Like David Lennon uh, from oh, yeah. Tuesday tweeted today that it was you know it's pathetic that you can't uh, keep both players in New York. And you know what, Kelly's right to a certain extent. He's right. It's the biggest market in baseball. It's the number one market. You should have the money. To keep both these homegrown guys. You should. Sorry, you should. I, I agree. But this idea that they absolutely cannot afford to keep both guys because of what Fred Wilpons insinuated to Tom Verducci in FF. He didn't actually say it. He didn't actually say is ridiculous. They can't afford to keep both guys, especially if they trade Beltron and they trade K-Rod. Oh, you know what? You want to hear another another gem today? And I won't say – I'm not going to tell you where I heard it. Yeah, it doesn't – no. It, you know what? Honestly, we, we talked about it last week, Cal. You know, we, we don't want to rip on these guys. We understand that they're trying to do their job. And, and you know, we're, we're going to start talking a little bit what's going on on the field more than this kind of stuff. But unfortunately with the Mets right now, this is 
This is the story. This is the story. I mean, they lost again tonight. They they slipped to five games under 500. Ike Davis is not uh, his return is not in sight. David Wright, who knows when he'll be back on the field. Their infield yesterday was Murphy or it was Evans, Turner, Tejada, and Murphy. Okay, that was their infield. To start, to, <laughs> that was their starting infield. Okay, if this team stays even remotely in shouting distance of 500, it'll be a miracle. So the story is off the field. Yeah. With the ownership and and the the, the potential Ackerman, you know the the what is he a congressman, senator, spokesman, spokes uh, state assembly? No, he's a congressman. What is what is he? What is he? Is he your local uh, gar, uh, your you know, local representative? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Ackerman uh, is trying to pass a uh, a bill that says that if you didn't know, essentially, if you didn't know about the Ponzi scheme. You don't have to pay for the Ponzi scheme, right? Uh, which would exempt the Wilpons, uh, unless uh, Irving Picard could pr- uh, prove you know they were complicit. <laughs> he might as well have passed legislation that says if your name rhymes with Ilpon, <laughs> then you don't have to pay. I mean, that, I mean that's how specific he was. Ed Rilpon <laughs> has a chance to benefit from this. I. Uh, if your name rhymes with Ed Rilpon. No, but so the story is off the field. And and again, we don't we don't need to we don't mean to mention or mean to call guys out or whatever. These guys are trying to do their job. We're in no position to say how hard their job is or what it isn't. No, you're right. See, when you see the same crap over and over again, as a fan who doesn't have access to the team and yet we can figure these things out. Right. Like like and I'm and I'm just going to tell you what it was. Right. Uh, the, they have to trade Reyes because you have to get something back for him, and you're going to get a ton for him if you trade him now because he's at the height of his value. Right. Okay. Trade him now, today. You have to trade him today because he's going to get hurt, and you have to trade him before he gets hurt. Which is the stupidest thing you could possibly say. And you're going to and you're going to bring in a, a boatload of talent for Reyes. So you have to do that. That's the first thing. Then the next thing is that if K Rod's option is going to vest as their as the way that they're operating, then you have to trade right also. You have to trade right because if King Rod now, yeah, now, well, when he gets back after after he's after he's back, because if K Rod's option vests, you don't have the the room on the payroll for David Wright. So now you got to get rid of him too. Wow. So that was I, I, I don't I don't. That was today's. Uh... I think one of the big problems here, Cal, is that. As Met fans, we see so often the unnamed source. Mm-hmm. My one NL executive said, "Right, my source is time." And you know what? No one saw Einhorn coming. For months, I had this guy telling me that it was going to be this guy. This guy telling me there was another investment group. Uh, everybody was buying this team, and no one, no one knew that David Einhorn was even remotely interested or in the bidding. Right. So, you know, and, and this is these are from the same guys that told us that they wouldn't get a minority owner to begin with. Yeah. Like, good luck getting a minority owner. Oh, what's that? They got one in two months? Oh, never mind. I, I just, you know, it, it gets a little tiresome on the Met front to hear about how they're going to trade Jose Reyes. Right. It would be... Really foolish to trade, and that's why I'm glad Sandy Alderson's in charge. And, and, and no offense to Omar, 
But I'm glad Omar Minaya is not in charge. And I think every Met fan can say the same thing. That's, you know, I've, I've said it, that of, of all that's going on right now, that is, that's the one kind of saving grace in all of this is that Sandy Alderson is in charge of, of doing this and not anybody else. And he knows that if you trade Jose Reyes right now, as opposed to if you're going to trade him at the trade deadline, when a team is desperate and a team also knows they're going to make a run at the playoffs, how many teams are within five games of 500 either way in the National Today. League right now? Yeah, a lot. So they're all in the playoff, and they're all in playoff hey, contention. Hey, guess what? The Mets are within five games of 500. Exactly. So Okay, so the contenders have not been identified yet. If you trade him now, you're not going to get top value for him. You want to wait till a team is at the trade deadline and desperate. And, and then it, we're, we're gonna the, the San Francisco Giants get to that trade deadline and Buster Posey's out for the year and and uh, and uh, Travis Belt has been hurt and they're not getting any production out of the shortstop and you know and then they have to give up something they wouldn't give up now. And at that point, Reyes. And at that point, Sandy Alderson and his brain trust of you know Richardi and Di Podesta, guys that can evaluate talent and that I trust can evaluate talent. At that point, they have to look at what's on the table and decide, is, are the prospects that I'm going to get at this point better than what I could potentially get in the first round of the draft next year? Especially if I go over slot. Especially if I go over slot, exactly. He did last year, by the way, to the Wilpons credit. Well, you don't hear that, though. They went over slot last year. For Harvey, I know. You don't hear it, though. Which means, why wouldn't they this year with a guy who wants to go over slot in Alderson? But the, the the point is that these these guys are savvy enough, and they know talent, and they know that they're not going to trade Jose Reyes just for the sake of trading him. Yeah. The other the other the other thing was that you trade David Wright right now for a bag of balls if a team is willing to pick up his salary. That's a quote. His salary is only. I mean, I say because next year it'll be fifteen million. It's fifteen million. Well, but you trade him. You trade him for a bag of balls. I can only guess who this is by the. Uh, how dare you? Yeah. How? How? Who are you? You animal! How dare you? How you? You trade him for a bag of balls now? Yeah, David Wright for a bag of baseball. If a, if a team takes on that salary and two tickets to Cats, that's what you do. You trade David Wright. Oh boy. Now, now while he's on while he's on the disabled, well, he's uh, with a broken back. Trade him now. Nothing sounds better to a team than uh, offering them your third baseman, your all-star third baseman, who has a broken back. Yeah, what's he on the DL with? Hamstring? No, no, broken back. Gee whiz. Anyway, yeah, and uh, last, the, my last thing on the on the Met thing here. Yes. Because I was thinking about this, and I wanted to bring it up tonight. I thought it, it was a good point. We get weary as Met fans. We get weary of all of the negativity, and we get weary of, of them being portrayed as such a joke, and they're a small market team playing in a large market, and blah, blah. And you, and you hear about this, and, and it's like, enough. Enough. They're not Met fans that are saying this. These are, these are people that are, are paid to be unbiased and objective. Right. And, and all they are is negative. And it becomes like, you know, you, you pick on the kid in school 
constantly. And you pick on the kid, and you pick on the kid, and you pick on the kid, and that kid's your little brother. You know, that guy can't pick on your kid, on that kid all the time, because he becomes a bully, and it becomes lazy. Go pick on somebody else. Go pick on someone your own size, like they used to say. You know, but we can pick on our little brother as much as we want, and there's no problem with it. You know, but when somebody else does it, it's it's offensive. And I think that that's the point we're at with the Mets now, is that it's it's just too much. The negativity every day is a negative spin on something, and and I think a lot of Mets fans are growing weary of it. I totally agree, and I also I, I'll give you a real quick one. As I said to you, one of the local uh, reporters uh, was doing a chat online, and he had to he had to preface. He was doing like a live online chat, and he had to preface three of his responses with, "And look, I don't mean to be snarky." Literally, that's a quote mm-hmm. on three of his answers. I don't mean to be snarky, but right, but I'm gonna be. And 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 and. The, what I asked him, and I was I didn't get an answer, but I, it maybe it gave him something to think about, was does it bother you at all that you actually have to preface your answers with I don't mean to be snarky? Doesn't that indicate that you've been a little too snarky and a little too negative in covering the team? That even you realize how negative you sound and how agendized, if that's a word, if not, I want it to be. It fits. If it's you know that you that you come off as, that's yeah. a and then b you know Cal I'll personalize it fine. I put a Met hat on my six month old. I found a Met hat that fit little little infant Met hat. They make them that small. They do. Nice. It's actually the newborn size. I'm just I've seen the picture. Very and, cute. And uh, thank you. And uh not a build the bear. And, uh, <laughs> and uh PJ just typed that build a bear. But uh no, I, I you know, I, I gave him I gave him uh Met Hat. It was a, like a hugely proud moment for me. I put my kid in a Met Hat. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many people, Yankee fans, all of them, felt the need to comment on on him wearing a Met Hat. On my six-month-old son, where I'm at, and they weren't trying to be mean. No, it's but it's like ha 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 ha. But Let's it's not be funny. funny. Let's be funny. It's not funny. No, it's not. It's from like a, a lousy place, and it's it old. Pissed, and it pissed me off. Well, it's old. Because... You're gonna make your kid a Met fan? That's like child abuse. That's that's not funny. You know, like like, like uh, you're gonna make your kid a Yankee fan? That's like rooting for uh, you know IBM, like. Uh, Whatever. So you're gonna make your kid a cheater, you know, because you haven't won a World Series where you haven't had a you know disgraced player in 15 years. So how's that? You know, like I I wouldn't do that to somebody. That's your I I don't know. It's just the people that the people that like to go ah same old Mets. Well, you know what? Same old story. That's the same old story that that you have to say same old Mets. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's like really get 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 new material. Again, at this point. Right. And the whole thing with, you know, with the hat, with my, my son and stuff like that is sort of like a microcosm of that idea. Like, And I, I literally heard that comment like five times, Cal. I, I, I don't doubt it. And you were with all Yankee fans. Yeah. You know, and just, I mean, really? Oh, that's a shame. Uh, why don't you give that kid a winning team? Wow, that's a shame. Well, you know what? The kid's healthy. He's yeah. a happy, healthy kid. <laughs> no. I'm okay. Thanks. Yeah. 
Exactly. And you know, you know, don't mess with somebody's kid like that either. Not that's a whole nother that's a whole nother fun mode. <laughs> we I mean we talked about this with Dan Shackner when we had Dan on uh wow. from uh Beer Money and Dan was talking about having you know, trying to split up his kids. <laughs> You know, to get them because he's a Yankee fan, and his wife's a Red Sox fan, so they let the kids root for the Mets. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, it, it's we we laugh about stuff like that because that was like a great decision, but you know, don't don't mess with somebody's kid, and 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 it's a tired story when it comes to the Mets. It it really, I mean, there's nothing more, there's nothing funny about it anymore. Maybe 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 all the non-Met fans still get a kick out of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Let's pick on the match. I tell you, I tell you what. You know who didn't say that? Doctor E. Ray. He would. You know, he's a Yankee he fan. Gets, took a look at it. Though. He took a look and he said, "How awesome it is that your kid's wearing a baseball hat." That's what I'm saying. And and pop culture PJ wants it on the record. He would never say that. He would never say something like that. And I totally agree because he'd look at that and be like, "Is that a baseball team?" <laughs> no, no, I kid, I kid. Uh, we, we so anyway, that's our wow. We 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 got a little soapboxy there. That's okay. I'll tell you. What, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna match your heartwarming story with one of my own. Excellent. You get a kick out of this. Uh, nice. My my five year old daughter Emma. Yes. She we were out playing in the backyard, on over the weekend. It was a beautiful weekend here, and, and we were playing and and. She wound up getting her her shirt dirty or whatever it was that she was wearing, and we were going out to get ice cream. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, and but she had a dirty shirt, so she's going, you know, go in and change your shirt, and she goes inside, and she comes out, and she's got this huge smile on her face, and what's she wear? What's she wearing? But a Carlos Beltran Mets shirt. Nice. And she's got this big smile on her face, and she says. I'm wearing this because Daddy likes the Mets. Look at this, <laughs> and it, you know, almost brought a tear to my eye. That bright copy making me cry. Well, but then I realized it was a black shirt. I don't approve of the black shirt. <laughs> oh come <Black>. on! <laughs> no, but seriously, it was it was it was so unexpected though because I I forgot that she even had it. She oh wow! Worn it. See, that's delightful. But you know what? Like that's that's stop making fun of us. All right. <laughs> We've had enough. You know, we let, uh, let us make fun of us. Stuff. Right. Let us make fun of us. We do a fine job. Yeah. Yeah. We we already have a, a complex and a chip on our shoulders. We're, we're fine. We we don't need you to screw with it. You know yeah. uh, that's great. See, Cal, I love that story. Hey, you making me cry. That's a Johnny say, Depp. It was surprising. <laughs> she came walking. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Well. We uh we know we have a couple of minutes here. We know one guy whose jersey won't be retired for the Mets. Right. And that's Carlos Beltran. <laughs> but it, it came out this week that that uh, Gary Carter uh, as we mentioned earlier in the program and we we just want to take a couple minutes to talk about this idea. And and Gary Carter really our thoughts and prayers are, are with him and his family. Uh and this is not so much about what's happening to Gary Carter and, and the terrible uh, circumstances that he finds himself in right now. It's more about the idea that when it was revealed that uh, Gary Carter had these brain tumors, there was a huge outcry to retire his number for the Mets. Of course, his number eight. 
And you and I were talking about this, Cal, and I I don't I thought they should have retired his number years ago. Um, or you can make the argument that you don't retire his number. Either way, I don't like it coming off of this story. Right. Uh, it just feels sort of cold to me. Yeah, you know, I I, I regret the, I used the word tasteless earlier today, and I kind of regret that choice of words because I don't think it's tasteless. Right. I think it's just misguided. Yeah, the sentiment is genuine. Right. But it, the man is still alive, you know, and the man has a battle on his hands and he's going to, you know, sort of need a miracle. But it's, it's well, pop culture, PJ, just, it's ill-timed. Ill-timed. Is a good I don't thing. agree with it now. You know, I certainly don't agree with it if the person, you know, it, it just doesn't seem right. It feels It feels a little selfish. Exactly. From the, peop- from the people exactly. that are calling for it, you know, because Bingo. one of the other things I read was even if he's not well enough to be there to be to partake in the ceremony, the Met fans deserve this. Yeah, what is that? But that's not what it's about. It's not about the Met fans. No, it's about no. honoring the guy. Right, and again, this is not a, not a, this is coming from the media again. This is not coming yeah. from Met fans. Because Met Met fans will tell you his number should have been retired years ago. Right. Well, Met you know? Met fans have had a problem. Let's let's so let's leave our prayers and thoughts with Gary Carter. Yes. It brings us to the topic. We got a couple of minutes here. Uh, I wanted to touch on it. Retired numbers. It's a big deal. It's a very interesting conversation. It's uh, uh, for a big time sports fan of your team. It's sort of like the Hall of Fame conversation. It is. Now. We as Met fans, Cal, we have three retired numbers plus one. Right. It's like we have the retired number that everybody has, which is Jackie Robinson's number 42, retired in all of baseball. Except if you are grandfathered into wearing it, and really that's only one player left, right? It's Mo. He's the only one, yeah. And right. and ironically, his number will be retired for the Yankees, too. That's correct, which is kind of cool. It is. Uh, <laughs> that number will be retired twice for the Yankees. Where did you go? Um, so, <laughs> so oh, there you are. Okay. The uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I'm here at the, turning off the air conditioner here in uh, Dumpling Sound Studios too, as uh, we could beat up meat. <laughs> there uh, are, are seven uh, shanks hanging behind me. <laughs> So the 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 only Met retired numbers are Gil Hodges, Casey Stengel, and Tom Seaver. Hodges fourteen, Stengel thirty seven, Seaver forty one, who wore forty one because Hodges was fourteen. That's right. The flip of uh, of Hodges. Mm-hmm. Who would you retire on the Mets tomorrow, Cal? Go. Tomorrow. You get three guys. I'll give you three guys you could retire. I'll give you three more. And the Mets are so bad at this, Cal. So bad at this. Yeah, they, they – well, yeah. They just – again, 10-eared Fred. We talked about it. Nod Asium last week. And Asium. We can say it. We don't want to hear it from anybody else, though. Correct. All right. That's the theme tonight. Mike Piazza tomorrow. 31. Up to 31. the round. Absolutely. Okay. You got two more. Quick. Go. 17. Lightning. Keith Hernandez. Hernandez. Has to be. 
I'm Keith Hernandez. And number eight for Gary Carter. And number eight for Gary Carter. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with those three. Those are the three that you would that you would retire. Absolutely. Especially and Piazza is a great call because he probably will go into the Hall of Fame as a Met. That's gonna be that's gonna be a very interesting a debate. He, his yeah. I mean, his career is split practically right down the middle. Right. Stats and years wise. The only thing that he's got uh going for the Mets is that he went to the World Series with them. Yep. And he hit the home run after nine eleven. That is a big, big moment. I mean, is it a Hall of Fame moment, though? It is. Or is it a New York Absolutely. moment? Absolutely. No, it's a Hall of Fame baseball moment. Because right. it was the first game played afterward in New York, and it it's a Hall of Fame moment. Without it, I, I think the bat is there. I think the ball is there. I think it's a Hall of Fame moment. And it the, comes. Jersey's, the jersey is not there, though. The jersey is not there. Charlie, for Charlie Samuels. Good old Charlie Samuels. Okay, so football, it doesn't mean as much. Right? Football, you have like a ring of honor. Doesn't mean yeah, everybody everybody gets into that. Uh but uh I and I and you you guys are busting my chops with the hockey score here. Cuz Cal, you're watching the game and PJ <laughs> PJ is IMing saying, "Do you want the score?" Oh, if you just saw me react. I just saw the goal. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who scored it, Cal? Yeah, the the other uh, Islander that we never we didn't mention. Another Islander, another ex Islander, Rafi Torres. Yep. Ex Islander Rafi Torres scored. A minute left in the game, by the way. One nothing, Vancouver. A minute left in the game. If they can hold on, they will take game one at home and hold serve. So there's a lot of controversy though about who who you would retire for your teams. Now the Yankees have. They go a different route. They retire everybody's number. Yes, they do. And pretty soon, you're not going to have a number. You won't have anything 1 through 10. Well, the only two that are left that haven't been retired are two. Which will be for Jeter. And six for Joe Torre. And is, no, six is retired for Cleet Boyer. No. It's not. No, Joe Torre wore six. I am aware that Joe Torre wore six. I thought he wore six because he was a manager. No, six. He was not. allowed, and a player is not allowed to wear six. Six is not retired. Are you sure about this? I'm, I'm ninety-seven and a half percent sure. What number did Cleet Boyer wear? I thought I think, Cleet he, wore, I think he wore number six, but he but they didn't retire it for him. Let's. Uh, all right. You know. Because that was the whole point. Two and six are the only ones that are technically still in circulation, and they're probably going to retire both of them. Did you – why do you think the Mets are the way they are with retired numbers? And I, how do you feel about the posthumous retired number? That's tricky. I, I It depends on, on – how you feel about retired numbers in general. Are you retiring the number because the man was a Hall of Fame player, or are you retiring the number because he meant so much to your team? Maybe not necessarily a Hall of Fame player. For example, Mookie Wilson. Sure. All right? Some people argue that they should retire number one for Mookie Wilson, you know, because he meant so much to the team. Not a Hall of Fame player, obviously. But no. 
But um, I, I don't know. I don't. I think the Mets have been have done a bad job of it. I think they should have retired, uh, especially a team like the Mets where they have short little pockets of greatness in their history. They need to represent those pockets as yeah, part exactly. of their history. You know, exactly. it's not like they're, they've been great for thirty years. No, exactly. <laughs> like what? It, what? What do they need to have happen? For these guys, like like Hernandez, what 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 more do you need? It's know. it's and never going to get any better. <laughs> I know. You know, and if you look at Alyssa, and and I know Cal, this is a big deal for us because we're such, you know, we're numerologists. Crazy. Yeah, we're, we're we're sports numerologists. We're crazy yeah. with the with the sports. All right? right. No. All right. Here's an example. I just I just uh, pulled up. Cal, the list of Major League Baseball retired numbers. Okay? And, <laughs> and okay, number 20 on the Arizona Diamondbacks is retired. Number 20 on the Arizona Diamondbacks? That's right. For who? Luis Gonzalez? That's correct. But they were only in existence for 10 years. Okay. and yet his And yet his number's retired. All right. Okay, I'll give you a couple well, well, more. Let's, well, what do you think? Do you think he deserves to have his number retired? No, of course not. Okay. And if he, I mean, he played for them for 20 minutes. But that's my point, is then Arizona takes the tact of they were important to the team. Exactly. Let me give you a couple more, and then you tell me why Keith Hernandez and Gary Carter are not retired. You ready? Yeah. I'll give you the number and the team. See if you can give me the player. Okay. All right. Number 11 on the Angels. Number eleven on Jim Fergosi? Yes. Was it because he was traded for Nolan Ryan? That's correct. <laughs> that was his value to the Angels organization. That's right. He gave them Nolan Ryan. And when they had the ceremony, that's what they told him. Thank you, Mr. Fergosi. <laughs> number fourteen number fourteen on the twins. Kent Herbeck. That's correct. He won a World Series. Kent Herbeck has his number retired, and Keith Hernandez does not. Is Tom Brunanski or no? Uh, let me see if 23 is available. I think he was 19. No, Bruno was 23. I'm gonna, I feel very strongly about oh, Bruno being 23. Well, I don't think he was. You, uh, now we're going to do this now? <laughs> we're going to do this today? We'll, 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 do it. we'll do it later. No, I'm looking right now. Tom Brunanski. Because I would have to spell it for Pop Culture PJ, and that'll take forever. I think he's 19. Um, you feel like he's 19, do you? I do. Who was 20 that, on that team then? On the Twins? He was 23, my friend. He was? That's correct. Okay. I just looked it up on Baseball Reference. Okay, okay so I just sent you. <laughs> okay. So uh, I just sent that to you. You can take a look at this list. I'm let me give you the yeah. Before you do though, let me give you a couple more. All right. This is uh, this is fantastic. Randy Jones, 30. number number thirty. Go ahead. Yep. For the Padres. The Padres retired. retired. Right. Number forty for the Astros. If you get this, God bless you. Number forty for the was that Larry Durker? No, good guess though. Don Wilson. Who? Exactly. The immortal Don Wilson 
Didn't he host a Saturday Night Soul show in the 70s? Somewhere uh, right now in Marble Falls, Texas, my father-in-law is screaming at the... Don Wilson. Who's, who's Don Wilson? I am going to get an earful, an earful at the old... Uh, when I'm in Texas in a couple of weeks. He's Larry. the voice of Papa Smurf. <laughs> Pop culture PJ, Jackson, voice of Papa Smurf. Don Wilson, also retired number for the Astros. And uh, P.S. Larry Durker is retired, number 49. Right. I knew he was retired. Okay, ready for another one? Number yeah. 50 on the Angels. Number 50 on the Angels. Yeah. Is That's not the one they retired for Gene Autry, is it? No. I think they retired a horse for... No, they, were, no, they retired a number for him. He didn't wear a number, but it was like... Well, obviously, he didn't wear a number in the owner's... Oh, no. Yeah, you know what it was? It was number 20. I'm not looking at it. It was number 26 Let's because see. he was the 26th man. That's correct. That's why. Number it's, 50 on the Angels, though. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Jimmy Reese. Right. Not to be confused with Peary Reese. Or, or <laughs> Delta. No. Uh, who am I thinking of? Wait, what? Who are you thinking of? I don't know. Not Jimmy Walker. Okay, I'll give you another one. Number 35 on the Chicago White Sox. Number 35 on the Chicago White Sox. Yes. Come on now. Number 35. Re- recent. Our, our, our era. Oh, Frank Thomas. Yes. Retired. Well, Frank Thomas was a good ball player. And the coup d'etat. No, the, the, what is it? Coup de gras? The je ne sais quoi? The je ne sais quoi. The, the cherry on top of the tired... The coup d'etat. Coup d'etat. The coup de la. The coup de grace. The cherry on top of the retired number Sunday, Cal. Number 33 on the Houston Astros. Number 33 on the Houston Astros. Mike Scott. Correct. All of, the, all of these, all of these guys, numbers retired, mm-hmm. and Keith Hernandez, Hall of Famer Gary Carter, and future Hall of Famer Mike Piazza. Not so much. Wow. What's what is the meaning of that though? The meaning of that is, uh, what's wrong with the Mets? Well, I, and you know what. People should have been calling for Gary Carter, uh, his number to be retired, long before this happened. I think they were, though. Yeah, I did. What? what? I don't think I don't think they need this to be calling for it, but I bet you this is a stupid Dodger thing. I bet you it is. You think it is? I bet you it is. All right, Steve. Here's a little challenge for you before we before we sign off. Yes. Okay, Keith Hernandez was the. Was he actually Keith Hernandez was the seventeenth Met to wear the number seventeen? Wow. Okay. Okay. Since Keith Hernandez, <laughs> hang on, 15 men <laughs> have worn the number seventeen. Yes. Okay. How many can I name? Is that what you're going to do? Can you name three? 
I uh, I believe I can. Okay, go. David Cohn. Yeah, he wore it directly after Hernandez. That's yes. one. Well, not directly, but two years later. Okay. That was sort of a tribute to Hernandez, though. Yeah, exactly. Because okay, he changed, now, changed now, after, 44 to 17. Right after that, there was no more tributing. Fernando Tatis. Correct. And he's the, last, he's the last man to wear number 17. Right. And... Oh, boy. There are 13 other men. Name one. Wait, wait, wait. Wait for it. Oh, uh, uh, the pitcher. He's passed away. Fernando Le- uh Jose Lima. Yes. Lima time. He did wear it for two months in 2006. Who else you got? Okay. Real quick. The other luminaries that wore the number 17. <laughs> I'll do it in chronological order. David Cohn was after Hernandez, followed by Jeff McKnight. Yes, the immortal. Journeyman infielder. Jeff McKnight was followed by Brett Saberhagen. Oh, that's right. Saves were 17. Okay. He wore number 17. After Brett Saberhagen, Brent Main. Yes, I would have gotten that eventually. Don, the number 17. Uh, the man who wore it the longest, other than Keith Hernandez, follows Luis Lopez. Luis Lopez, yeah. Wore, wore it for two years in uh, the late 90s. Luis, Mike Luis Bordick. Lo- Mike Bordick. Great. Hit a home run in his first game as a Met and did nothing else. Yeah. Kevin Apier. Kevin, wow. Number 17. My personal favorite, Satoru Komiyama. (laughs) This is how revered the number 17 is. In the year 2002. By by guess who, Cal? (laughs) Who gives out the numbers on a baseball team? Uh, The equipment manager. And who would that be? Charlie Samuels. That's correct. Our old our old indicted friend, Charlie uh, Samuels. In two thousand three, Graham Lloyd. Yes, the Australian number seventeen. Good day. The tall, the tall Australian. Uh Jason Anderson. I, number may, seventeen. He... You want to know who Jason Anderson is? I do. Who did, were we? To, I don't know. Was I talking to you, or I might have been talking to someone else? The last time a Met was traded to the Yankees in season, nineteen uh, two thousand three, Robin Ventura traded to the Yankees for Jason Anderson. For Jason Anderson, that was a good deal for us. Very good deal. Yes. Wilson Delgado. <laughs> this is an all-star team. The love child of Mookie and Carlos. That's correct. Uh, and then, oh, how can you forget Mr. Koo? Yep. The curious, the, the curious case of Mr. Koo. Uh, followed by Jose Lima, as you mentioned. Yes. And then... Uh, and Otatis. And then David Newhand, CPA. Dev, David Newhand, right. <laughs> the law firm of David and Newhand. He wore it in 2007. And then Fernando Tatis, the last man. So 15 men... Since Keith Hernandez have worn the number 17. Well, let me put it to you this way. To wrap this up. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to Met fans. The decision to... (laughs) Pop Culture PJ wants us to know that also the cast of How I Met Your Mother also given number 17 by the New York Mets. Uh, it's a big deal, and the Mets uh, screw it up, but they're not the only team to screw it up. I I, I, I think it's a... I think some teams really do it the right way, 
and some teams don't. You know. Can I, uh, ask, can I ask you, though, what is the right way? To me, the right way is, look, there. you know what the right way is to me, Cal? Hmm. Uh, Ken Herbeck, that's the right way. Yeah. The guy who meant a ton to, to your team, and maybe he's not a Hall of Famer or anything like that, but two World Series, and he meant a ton to your team. You know, but but they don't have thirty-seven guys. Well, that's but that's the thing. You have to you have to temper it a little bit. But I I have no problem with finding a representative from each successful era. Exactly. And, and retiring the number. It's it's it, it's. And they haven't had one since Seaver, Cal. When and when was he Seaver? retired in '86? Yeah, he had to be in the. In... They retired his number in '88. It's, it's 23 years ago. Yeah, Come on now. Enough, I said. Well, we got to go back and look at this sometime, though. There's some fascinating ones on here. On on the um on the retired list. It's just interesting. That's it. Well, it's interesting <laughs> to us. Let's bring it, let's bring a pop culture PJ before we wrap up. I just want to ask him, uh, Peach. Hello. Hi. Uh, hi, PJ. You had said that you were going to play the one guitar to unite all guitars uh, for us tonight. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Yeah, what, what, I, what, I, what? I, uh, I I left it. Uh, I left it with the wife. You get okay? Does that mean you lost it to the wife? No, no. It's uh, I, I would make too much noise uh, trying trying to go get it. I I I. I tried to tiptoe into the room before and I was not so much yeah well uh, we're going to outright demand that you uh, either record something or we want to hear this guitar next week here on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete sure I think uh, Cal said it best when he said uh, before uh, you need the only thing you're missing is a theme song pop culture PJ so you gotta get him a jingle you need a jingle. little something we can play before we bring you on. Do I presume to write my own jingle? Yeah, well, you were going to give yourself your own nickname. Might as well write your own jingle. Nobody, There's nobody more uh, equipped to do it. Yeah, there's no one more qualified to write your own jingle than you. All right, then. <laughs> Will you do that for us next week, my friend? I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. What uh, what number would you uh, want if you were a professional athlete, a professional baseball player, Peach? What number would uh, you want to see them? Would you want to see them put on the outfield wall? Uh, I would want uh, seventy six because that was Vinny Barbarino's number <laughs> in uh, my favorite episode of uh, Welcome Back, Cop. <laughs> Fantastic! So there'd be a big seventy six up on the wall. Can you name the four main sweat hogs? Oof. Uh, Horseshack. Good. Washington. But more complete, please. <laughs> oh. Uh, hi there. Uh, yeah. Cal, Cal, a little help? Yeah, very close. Epstein. Epstein. Freddie Fred Boom Boom. Freddie Boom, Boom Boom Washington. Washington. Yeah. Hi there. And uh, Vinny Barbarino over here. Excellent. Ding, ding. Look, you get the point. Look at Banner, Michael. Um, 
So, uh, Pete, will you do that for us next week, buddy? We're the number 76, absolutely. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd go from rags to riches. Thank you. Pete, we'll see you next week. Thanks, pal. All right, good. What what were you going to say? What, what? Say it, what? Oh, I I looked all over the known universe for a good Eddie Mecca clip that I could throw up on the soundboard so that you could cue it. Uh, but none exist. They're all terrible. Not so much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, by the way, either of you guys do like a Google search for Eddie Mecca? No. I, sure, I sure did. He does not look good. Yeah, He's he got his own terrible. website where he just he just says nice things. <laughs> like, Cal, he... visited EddieMecca.com. I'm Cal. not looking for any money. I just want you to know how I'm doing. I'm doing good. <laughs> Cal, he does. <laughs> That's true. He does. I'm just doing fine. I'm doing fine. I can't complain. He looks like if you're going to be in Brandon, I'm of... opening for Yakov Shmianov. Oh, he, oh, here he does. Look at that. What a country. Eddie Mecca. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, Peach. Thanks, pal. Very good. All right. And uh, so, Cal, that's all the time we have. Hey, you know who else wore number 17? Uh, for the Mets? No, no, just in general. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Number 17, Mark. Why did he wear number 17? Because he was 18 his whole career in the minor leagues, and when he came up to the majors, all they had available was 28 and 17. And as he told me, as I have said uh, as I said on the show a couple weeks ago, he said, 17 is a heck of a lot closer to 18 than 28. <laughs> said, boy, you can't put anything past you, Mark. <laughs> That's There was no arguing that point, my friend. No, that was a good one. Well, you only had like two minutes between innings. That's correct. To get that story. Well, that is all the time we have. We have gone over time, sorry. So the show is uh, an hour and 45. Then an hour and a half. But uh, if, you're on your, coverage. if you're on your treadmill, you know, you're driving to work, checking us out, you're at work, listening to the podcast, uh, we uh, we hope you have you not been entertained. <laughs> the gladiator. That was Cal, good. Cal, what number would you wear and uh, have retired? Well, uh, number twenty-one. Twenty-one. Would be my number would go to the rafters. You and Kevin Elster. Me and Kevin Elster. Yeah. Right. And I. How would, about you? I would have uh, uh, twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. No, no. Earth one. Not me and Steve Trask. I would uh, six. No, I, you know what? I'd go 29. Yeah, I never know which one with you. Either 29 or 6. That's because when I played, I wore like a different number every week because I was unbelievably superstitious. That's, let's try this one. And I wore 17 in high school. Yes. Yes, and then I wore 6. Uh, all thrilling to everybody. All of your All of your signatures in high school ended with the number 29, so <laughs> as we all did. Cal's final unload, other than making fun of me? No, I'm making fun of all of us. My yeah. final unload is, uh, welcome to June, everybody. It's summertime. It's about time. I'm ready for the nice weather. And uh, my final unload is, uh, hey, folks, if you get it, check out the NHL. Nice. Get yourself some NHL hockey nice. Uh, check out the final. It's going to be good, and I think you'll, uh, you'll be happy you did. All right, uh, we'll see you next week. We'll have Kevin Greenstein from InsideHockey.com, HockeyInsider.com. 
we're going to figure out which one it is before next week. But Kevin's going to join us to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals, plus we'll talk about the Mets, the Yankees, and pop culture PJ's cat. We'll be back on the program. Took the week off. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, Cal. Good night. See ya. Bye.